This is Talk at the Table. I'm Andy Morigawa. And I'm Diane Portugal. And we're coming to you from the studios of WUVT 90.7 FM, and where uh, more tower means more power. 6.5 kilowatts uh, reaching out to the New River Valley and places beyond. We're here with Robin Murphy. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. And uh, Robin um, is uh, a naturopath and a homeopathic physician, and he's been teaching and practicing homeopathy, uh, oriental medicine, tai chi, qigong, for well over 30, <clears throat> 30 years. Uh, Dr. Murphy's an internationally recognized author and researcher on homeopathy and medical qigong. He's written the Homeopathic Clinical Repertory, third edition, Nature's Materia Medica, third edition, and he presently is the director of the Lotus Health Institute here in Blacksburg, Virginia. We're so fortunate to have you here with us, Robin. Thank you. My pleasure. Robin, I know that homeopathy is widely used in Europe, and people seem to understand it there, but uh, tell us a little bit about the philosophy, because some of our listeners, I think, are, are kind of in the dark about homeopathy and, and the difference between homeopathic medicine and allopathic, so right. if you could just kind of give us an overview. Uh, a very quick overview. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big subject. There's uh, thousands and thousands of books written on homeopathy. It's been around for hundreds of years, over 200 years. In, in the United States, it was a big part of our history. It's been totally suppressed. At the uh, turn of the century, I think 25% of all medical doctors were homeopaths. Mm -hmm. There were uh, 100 homeopathic hospitals, 22 homeopathic medical schools in the United States. Some of your most famous medical schools were originally homeopathic medical schools. First medical school to admit, admit women was homeopathic in Detroit. Uh, Boston University was homeopathic. Iowa State was homeopathic. University of Michigan was homeopathic. And then at the turn of the century, they found this big pot of gold called antibiotics and drugs, and they found that they could make a lot more money you know, in the medical field, uh, you know, doing the drugs. And that was promoted a lot by Rockefeller. And Rockefeller's personal physician was a homeopath. Wow. But he invested all his money into developing the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. And that, and so homeopathy was very big. In New York, Philadelphia, all the health commissioners were homeopathic doctors because homeopathy had proved itself in epidemics in the United States. Mm. Yellow fever, cholera, diphtheria. There are statues throughout the United States honoring doctors that saved whole cities. New Orleans, uh, Boston, these were saved by homeopaths. Wow. So uh, the last seminar I gave here was about epidemics and homeopathy. So a lot of people think it's some new new age thing or new thing, and it's really not. It goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, and it's based on a philosophy of like cures like. The only real difference between allopathy and homeopathy is the dose. <laughs> so we use a lot of the same things, and we can actually take their allopathic drugs and dilute them down and give them back to a person, and we find that antidotes are side effects. So the main difference is dose, you know, So and this like cures like, which is in all our folklore, you know, right. <laughs> about it. What that man needs is a dose of his own medicine. <laughs> right. And that's a, a technicality. It's, uh, it's technically true. That's where that you came know. from. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> Um, I'm really interested in what you just said about um, uh, succussing or, or diluting a dose down uh, to, to 
get rid of side effects of certain drugs. I'd never heard that before. Right. Can you talk a little yeah, bit Yeah, there's more one branch that? of homeopathy called tautopathic, and that's the science of antidoting, poisons. Mm -hmm. So this comes back to the tradition of the medical alchemists, which homeopathy mm -hmm. it was born from alchemy and uh, the, the, uh, called esoteric teachings of Egypt yes, yes. about energy and all the sympathetic magic and, and this type of thing was the origin of homeopathy. So Hahnemann came and made it scientific. He was a chemist, a pharmacist, and a medical doctor. And he found that when he gave uh, uh, like belladonna, which is these toxic berries, Okay, if he gave belladonna an allopathic dose, so there would be certain effects on the eyes and the brain and nerve and all that. And if he lowered the dose, he had different effects. If he lowered it any more, more he had more effects. So he kept diluting it, but he kept getting effects. And then we got to, you know, beyond the physical, where it's just energy, he found that it was the most effective. Mm. So uh, homeopathy is totally based, as in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, especially ancient Ayurveda, on, on energy medicine. So we have the ability to dilute and succuss and extract the energy out of any substance in the universe. Light, sound, minerals, plants, snake venoms, uh, you know, uh, bee sting venom. And we give those things exactly what you expect. We give apis, number one remedy for anaphylactic shock and swelling. We give bee venom for someone that had it, and it, and it works like magic. Sometimes in, in front of your eyes, five minutes. <laughs> so is the body responding, or is the energy body responding? Um, uh, both. Sort of like a... a Sort of like when you get a flu shot, you put the, yes. the your body produces the antibodies. Yes, uh -huh. and we could take that same flu shot or a flu a homeopathic version of that, and give it and get even more effective, mm -hmm. because because uh, of an uh, entry when you inject someone in to the blood with all these toxic chemicals and fetal tissue, people have no idea what's in these vaccines. Mm -hmm. You know, right. human tissue. Monkey brains, you know, chicken blood, and then toxic chemicals, formaldehyde, paint thinner, antifreeze. These are the things that we're take, given to our kids, okay? And their immune systems aren't even developed. That's what we taught in medical school. It's not developed till you're age two. So we're doing all these vaccines. So all this, uh, we're in this toxic mold, patent, drugs, make a lot of money, consciousness. The structure in allopathy for a really good healing system is there. They just are in the mechanical Newtonian way of looking at the universe, not the energetic. You know, we are mainly energetic beings. And then water. We're more energy and water and a little bit of matter. So our psychology and our energy state is something that has to be addressed and the cause of problems. Right. Yeah. How, do, how, do you, how do we think about the current concern about the H1N1 virus? Yes, that, uh, that was my last seminar a couple of weeks ago, and I gave a whole talk on that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's all media hype, okay? Uh, 3,000 Americans die a year from the flu normally. And I don't know how many have died from this, but there's, it's nowhere close. I think it's but 800 no, or something I read this morning. Worldwide. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but uh, it's all hyped up, and the more it's hyped up, the more money they get. Okay? Now, I was, I was in contact with the doctors in Mexico while it was happening. There's homeopathic medical school in Mexico. It's government-supported. You know, most of the world. The United States is far behind in, in 
in a lot of things. They're 23rd in health care. And you talk to anybody in the United States, they absolutely believe we're number one. Yes. Because of technology. There's no scientific evidence that more technology leads to better health care or more expensive health care. You know, so I travel around the world. I do charity work in Africa and in, uh, India and stuff like that. And we can administer health care to totally homeless, impoverished people, you know. So it's economical, too. But the H1N1, it's, it's, it's all about money first. If there was no money in it, it wouldn't be none of this. Mm-hmm. Now, the vaccine industry is about $30 billion industry now. Mm-hmm. And, and they all want a piece of the pie. And the only way to sell the product is to hype the fear. Okay, so I'm not a big fan of it, but, <laughs> we <can tell. laughs> but I don't, if, if some of my clients, you know, want to take it, that's fine. I give them a homeopathic remedy before or after to help lessen the side effects mm-hmm. or possible. There's some very bad uh, side effects. And one is a Guillain-Barre syndrome, and you know, there's, they put squalene in, in the vaccine. And squalene is a normal chemical that aligns our nerves and brains and cells. But when you put it in the vaccine with mercury and formaldehyde and all this stuff, and it comes in, the body recognizes it amongst all that as a poison. Okay, so then the body starts attacking all your squalene. Because it's associating it with with the uh, uh, injection, mm-hmm. and that's why people got Guillain-Barre, very painful paralytic disease. Mm-hmm. I remember that happening with the swine flu uh, years 1976. ago. 1976. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I was in school at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and these and the new one hasn't been tested. Two weeks, no double-blind studies. They're rushing it out because while the hype is up, they can make the most money. And there's no liability. No other industry in the world is liability-free. Now, they, they said, well, we'll make this vaccine if, if you guarantee to buy all of it to the government first, first, and you guarantee that we cannot be sued or no, there's no liability. Wow. And in any other... All saying that's conflict of interest, extortion, all kinds of things, you know, and that's in the, what the government go consults, you know, industry insiders on what they should do. And, of course, the industry insiders are running the, the health agencies and everything. Right. Because they're the experts, of course. But that's a big subject, vaccinations. And I also gave a talk about MMR vaccine and autism. Mm, Yes. And our experience with that is is unbelievable. We see autistic kids totally turn around. Average, not just me, but the average homeopath, uh, we see about 70% of these autistic kids get, uh, you know, almost 100% better. When they have homeopathic? When they have homeopathic treatments. And we even seen, have made uh, remedies from the MMR vaccine and give it back. Mm-hmm. And that's the proof to us, the scientific proof. If, if we think this substance causes this problem and then we give that substance back and dilute it from, and it takes the problem away. Right. That's, that's our uh, hypothesis, clinical experiment. And then third thing of science is clinical verification. Mm-hmm. And allopathy is really not scientific. It's, sci- it's technologically statistical oriented, but there's really no principles. How could they have a science with no principles? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no hypothesis in modern medicine. Of what is healing? What is curing? What is a human being? What is life? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're to be truly scientific. We have to be, we have to recognize the subjective and the objective as equal. Mm-hmm. 
or the subjective as superior to the objective, <laughs> but not the objective superior to the <laughs> right. subject. Because we, you know, you ask the scientists, the hardest core scientists, what's important in your life, and it's their family and all these subjective things. So the most important things in our life are subjective, and everybody's sending all their money and research and time to this mechanical view of the world, which they can't get their head out of. <laughs> well, Robin, you are, you are definitely passionate about this subject, and, and it's so interesting and fascinating to me. I'm, I'm on a homeopathic remedy, and, and right. uh, I've found it's been very beneficial. Now, I understand that you... Um, you deal a lot with the chronic problem or the acute problem, both, yep. and you do that as well as just general remedies. Yep. Homeopathy is unbelievable for emergencies. Yes. And I could tell you story after story, animal stories, people stories. Tell us one. Tell well, us a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are very hard to believe. Yeah, tell us why but, it's hard to believe. Uh, I recommend people, you know, go to your health food store. You get a remedy called Arnica. You get another, which is just a big write-up in the New York Times about it, a positive write-up about it. And another one is Rescue Remedy. Yes. The uh, Bach Flower Remedy. And those should be in your car at all times. You know, or, or in your purse or, 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 or just available. And they're amazing. You don't know what to do, you give one of those. And they're both for shock and trauma. Arnica is the big one for broken bones and all that. And I was in San Antonio once, and, uh, you know, 20 some years ago, and I was treating this uh, movie director. And he had this big ranch, and he wanted to convert it to a health resort, so he's showing me around the ranch on his horse. So my horse started acting up, make a long story short. So he got on my horse, and the horse threw him. <laughs> and he, he's about 70 years old, and he landed on rocks, mm. right? Right on his back and all that. So I had to run out to my car, and there's my arnica and rescue remedy. I'm, I'm running back into the canyon and all this stuff. And we called the EMT, and they couldn't get in. They had to come in on horseback. Uh -huh. So I get there, and he's there, you know, moaning, you know, screaming, you know, and I dropped the rescue remedy on him, and within five seconds, all the pain went away, all the shock wow. went away. And he's sitting there with this kind of glow and tranquil <laughs> about him. And he says, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> he's a director of uh, Cabaret, oh. so, a famous director. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so then I'm there, and, and the EMT come in, and they're about to pick him up and put him on a stretcher. I said, no, you can't. This man has broken bones. And they laughed at me. Mm. They said, no one's going to be sitting here smiling with broken bones. <laughs> and I said, and I insisted. And they were about to grab him. And I said, I'm a doctor. And I looked him in the eye. And they said, yes, sir. Then we did it <laughs> properly and got him on the stretcher. But you'll see bee stings, injuries, and all that. So long story short, I gave him remedies. They, they gave him six uh, weeks, in, you know, four weeks in a wheelchair, two weeks w walking. Mm -hmm. He walked into his orthopedic surgeons two weeks after breaking two pubic bones and three ribs wow. at age 70. So wow. Arnica's a miraculous uh, mm -hmm. relief in emergencies, especially broken bones, injuries, sports, the athletes, uh, several famous football teams and basketball teams, they just use homeopathy. I know the L.A. Lakers use it, Chicago Bulls, they use it, you know, mm -hmm. because it works. We may not have the equipment to understand why, but we don't understand love, you know. Yeah. We don't need a machine to understand that. It's, yeah, I mean, come is. on. We're so... If there's not a machine spitting out some statistics, mm -hmm. we don't believe in it. Well, that's some techno you know, religion that we're stuck in. You know, we've, we've been here for thousands and thousands of years without all that. 
and there's been healing and all this stuff. Okay. <laughs> but I'm also for solutions, you know, like the vaccines. I'm not just for criticizing it. We right. also want to have solutions. So Absolutely. there's a big balance here. Absolutely. It's easy to be, you know, someone against everything. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, this is just fascinating. And uh, I think we have to stop for a station break uh, for a few minutes. And we'll be right back to talk some more with you about homeopathy. Right. Thank you.